Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Let's have all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramount Plus. Hey guys, it's Brooke. Hello. Wait. And Andrew's dead. So okay, it's just okay. me and Matt today. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> once again. Obviously to Andrew. I guess our seance didn't go very well back in the day because he was alive for a little bit and he's dead again now. I almost feel like our seance did worse because when he came back, he's been a sick puppy pretty much since the time he we brought has. him back. And I'm I'm just gonna say it. I love Andrew. We know this, but a part of me wonders, and maybe this will cause him to be resurrected again. He'll be so mad at me. Part of me wonders, is he faking it? I question it constantly. (laughs) I'm like, do you really have the flu, Andrew? Or are you hungover? Or are you just tired? Or do you just not want to podcast today? I think it could be any of those things. I think those might actually be symptoms of the flu. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like there's that part of Andrew that's like, I don't know if I want to do the podcast anymore, but I don't want to let Brooke and Matt down. So I'm just going to constantly not be available to record. I think, you know, God rest his soul, that there's a part of him that does want to podcast and record because we do have fun. I think he just can't commit. He can't. Well, he's got commitment issues. We have we have gone through this plenty of times. Don't we all? (laughs) He can't commit. To the podcast and recording regularly. And I get that because he's got a lot going on in his personal life. I get it. There's also a side I think he's just kind of over it. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's like a little piece of him that isn't over it. So he's got a lot to work through being dead and all. So maybe, you know, he'll figure it out. But in the meantime, we're going to make it work with us. And um, we we hope he's having fun in hell because he's definitely not going to heaven. because he's gay. Yeah, I obviously. mean, that's usually the main that's reason. 100% the reason why he's in hell, and <laughs> for no other reason. So, how have you been? I haven't seen you since pre-Christmas. <laughs> I know, it's been a long time. And also, happy 2022! Yeah, I can't we believe made we're it. in 2022. This podcast premiered two years ago. Yeah. Almost. And what a different world we were in. We were <laughs> worried about World War Three. Kobe had just died. And we were like, man, it can't possibly get any worse than this. It was scary. And then it got worse. But here we are, two years later, somehow still alive. Somehow I have not gotten COVID yet. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, who knows with this new variant? Like my nose is runny. Yeah. So maybe this is COVID. I had a COVID scare during Christmas, actually. Yeah. Tell tell us about that. I've gone to three concerts and five conventions. No problem. 
but Christmas at the Kelly house almost gave me COVID. (laughs) Almost did you. So we get together for Christmas time at my at my parents house. Good times. Christmas comes and goes. It's whatever. Not my favorite Christmas. Not my least favorite Christmas. On December 27th, we all get a phone call from my sister letting us know that my niece tested positive for COVID. So then it's Mm -hmm. like, uh oh, (laughs) yeah, now we've got to figure out what's going on. And I had a date planned that night that obviously wasn't going to happen at that point. Mm -hmm. I drive to the Med Express. It's the only place I could find that had available COVID tests at that point. Because I'm honestly shocked you found any COVID test. Well, I put in the work for this. All right. So (laughs) place opened at eight o'clock. It said, we recommend you get here early, park in the parking lot and call our number. And we'll let you know if you can come in for a test. So I get there at 745 can't find parking anywhere in the parking lot. It's packed. It is a packed place. I called 137 times before I was able to get someone to pick up the phone. That was at 825. They let me know that there's currently a five hour wait to be tested. They're not taking any new patients at this time, but to call back in about two hours and they'll let me know if they've reopened eligibility to people. Well, see, here's the thing that pisses me off. Why aren't we utilizing appointments? I have no clue. I go home. I sit there. I wait two hours. I call again. This time, it's only like three or four times to get someone to answer. And they're like, sorry, still backed up. Try again in an hour. Try it again in an hour. Tell me once again to try again in an hour. So this is now the fourth or fifth time that I've called them when I call this time. And it's been the same woman every single time. And she goes, I know that you've been calling all day. I'm really, really sorry. We're still not taking any patients right now. And then there's a silence on the phone for a couple seconds. And she goes, are you in the parking lot right now? And I said, no, I'm at home. And she goes, could you be in the parking lot right now? And I was <laughs> like, I could be there in about 10 minutes. And she goes, I don't want to say anything for sure, but I have a sneaking suspicion that if you're in the parking lot in about 15 minutes and you try again, that we might be taking appointments at that time. <laughs> I hop in my car. I get through at three o'clock in the afternoon. And they're like, all right, you're locked in. We're going to call you at this number when it's time for your appointment. What time do you think they called me? (laughs) Seven. That is the exact time that they called me. (laughs) I sat in my car for five hours, didn't bring a book, didn't bring a laptop, just alone with my thoughts for five hours in a car, worried that I might have COVID. Finally, I get into the, the Med Express and they introduce me to my nurse who is a girl I went to high school with and did stage crew with. And she goes, why didn't you just text me? I would have bumped you to the front of the line this morning. I'm like, that is not useful to me at 7 p.m. Yeah. Like, how are you to know? Jesus. Rapid test came back negative. PCR test came back negative. I'm still in the game, baby. This is like the Whamageddon, but for survival. But I did get my booster like the next day. So yeah, I got my booster December 6th, I think. It was the day the union lost in the playoffs because they had six of their starters out with COVID. I'll never forget it. it was devastating. Anyway, <laughs> I'm glad you don't have it. I'm glad you were able to avoid it. I really wish people when they didn't feel well, like don't go to gatherings. Don't go to things. Yeah. Don't just don't go. Yeah. I'm not looking to go get COVID right, but I understand that at some point I am going to catch this bitch because like it's everywhere. And let's be honest, if we're going to get COVID, like first of all, we're vaccinated and boosted. We've done what we needed to do. I wear masks everywhere I go still. I sanitize everything. I, I do my part, right? Yeah. But also, like, I can't outrun a virus my whole life. No. Well, and here's <laughs> here's my other perspective on it. 
I feel like we've officially hit the point where if someone's not going to get vaccinated still, we ain't ever going to convince them. You know what I mean? Like, no, like, no. So so it's like, you know what? I've done everything that I can do to not die. I'd like to just go back to normal life. They have made their choice. Yeah. It's like if you don't want to get vaccinated and you want to run the risk and you want to potentially die from it, like, cool, that's on you. Yeah. I will say, like, getting the Omicron variant seems easy. Kind of the one for to those get. of us that are vaccinated. Yeah. I, I would be all right with having the sniffles, maybe feeling a little bit like shit. Again, though, I'm not trying to go out there and get it, but. No. But if, the, if there was a time I, to get it, this is the time. Yeah. If there were a very get and a time to get COVID, it would be after you've had all your vaccines. We've had two years of research on it, and we get the little crybaby variant. You know, I, I'm okay. <laughs> so <laughs> would have been so, worse. So, how was your Christmas, though? I obviously, I uh, oh, it was a, a Christmas break full of fear, but <laughs> for me, I but. can't even think back that far. Well, speaking of Christmas, I just took down all my Christmas decorations like two hours ago. I took my tree down literally right before we hit record. <laughs> We are living. We are the like same doing life. the same things today. <laughs> we are doing laundry and taking down Christmas trees. Very weird. Um, but I took down the Christmas tree today, and Rowdy like threw a fucking hissy fit. Like he wanted to rip my jugular out because he's obsessed with this Christmas tree. He loves it, and so he was real pissed at me and wouldn't even look at me until recently. So that's good. So Christmas Eve, we actually had to ourselves, which was nice. I made butter chicken and garlic naan, and it was delicious. Nice. Christmas Day, we went to uh, Andy's parents' house, and I drank an entire bottle of wine, which I haven't done since very early COVID when I drank a whole bottle of rosé on a Saturday afternoon and then watched the episode of Broad City where they like do drugs and go to a little Wayne concert. And I bawled my eyes out crying because I was like, I'll never get to do drugs and go to like a Megan the Stallion concert with my best friend because of COVID. Like <laughs> full on meltdown. And Andy was just like, he looked at me, he was like, What the fuck is wrong with you? Anyway, hadn't drank a full bottle of wine since then, but I did it on Christmas and it was a great time. Had a blast. Super fun experience in walking my dogs outside. And seeing my ex pull up to his parents' house, and I was just like, this would happen to me. This would happen. Uh, yeah, my my ex's parents live next door to my fiance's parents. So if you if you think your life is messy, check yourself. And then, yeah, so I drank a whole bottle of wine. We watched football. Oh my! So Andy's mom is like the sweetest woman. But she gets so, like, hilariously belligerent during football games. <laughs> and so she was matching me poor for poor. She drank a whole bottle of red wine herself. So we were feeling good. And she, like, doesn't really cuss. <laughs> we're watching the Packers game. And Andy was like, man, Aaron Rodgers is such a chode. Yeah. And then his mom busts out. She's just, she, like, walks up out of nowhere with this big glass of red wine. And she's like... Yeah, he is a chode. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, add that to the list of things I never thought I would hear you say. <laughs> and she was like, well, I'm not going to say it again. I'll just always refer to it as an Aaron Rodgers. And I was like, I got you. That's even more hilarious that we're just going to use Aaron Rodgers instead of chode. The week after, I was supposed to start my new job, but my boss was off. So I really had nothing to do except read some material. So Andy's brother and nephews and niece and sister-in-law all came up from Virginia the week after. And so we spent a shit ton of time over there. Rowdy tried to eat the children. That was great. And yeah, it was just super exhausting, but great to see family. Nice. Christmas. How is the new job thus far? I know it's still very early. 
Yeah. So I just started last week and I like don't know how to cope. Right. Um, because at, previously at my last job, like I was in meetings from the time I logged on till after I was supposed to log off. Yeah. And I was just constantly busy. No time to breathe. I knew all my stakeholders. I had great working relationships with everyone. And like, I haven't been new to an organization since 2013. It's a long time, almost 10 years. And I walk into this place virtually and I don't know anyone except, well, I know like a few people. I have no meetings on my calendar. I have like no projects to be working on. And I'm just kind of like, there's a shit ton of learning to do. I'm, I'm watching a bunch of webinars. I'm reading a bunch of stuff and I'm like sitting in on some meetings, but it was like weird to have so much like quiet time. I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm so used to being like, go, 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 go. Shit needs to get done now, 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 now. Yeah. The fact that it's like, take your time, listen, learn. I'm like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> How? How do I do that? And I was like, it's Monday. Do we need the weekly report done by two? Like, what do I got? What stats do I got to yeah. pull? And they're like, no, we do like, you know, four sentence weekly reports. And I was like, what? I only know how to function if I'm wound super tight and very stressed out. So naturally I ended up stressing myself out about dumb shit throughout the week. <laughs> Uh, cause that's just how I function, but it, you know, first weekend was good. I'm learning a lot. Everyone's super friendly, but it's just weird trying to figure out who belongs where it's been a little bit of an adjustment, but you know, as things pick up, I'm just going to get more and more work. So I guess I should enjoy it yeah. while I can. So do you want to hear about the weird dating life of Matt Kelly over the last month? Yes, I do have a story because I can't, I can't not tell the story. First of all, it's 2022. If you're not getting your butthole waxed, you're fucking up. I've been preaching this since 2020. I was going to see my waxer on, I don't know, last week and she comes out to get me and she's immediately like, you have a fan. And I was like, what? She's like, of your podcast. And I'm like, oh, like she probably listened to it because I told her about how I, I've talked about her on the podcast before. And she's like, yeah, this uh, guy comes in to see me and he asked me if I was the Renee that you mentioned on your podcast. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah, he, he said he listens to your podcast. He thinks you're so funny. And I was like, first of all, he's probably not talking about me. He probably doesn't think I'm funny. He probably thinks Andrew is funny. Let's just clear that up right now. She's like, but yeah, he comes in and sees me and and I guess he he's a fan. And I was like, that is super fucking wild. Yeah. And you no told idea us, who this guy is. You told us his first name and I checked our Facebook group because it's the only real resource I have. No one by that name in our Facebook group. Well, that, I like looked too and I was like looking on Instagram followers and I was like, I can't find and I don't want to say the name because like it could be wrong and I don't want to call this person out either. Yeah. He'll know who he is if he listens to this episode. <laughs> and I was like, I don't like I have no idea, but he's got to be an Andrew fan, I would guess. Whoever you are, you know who you are. Uh, hi, thank you yeah. for listening. Email sure address Andrew, is in the description. Shoot us a shoot us yeah. an email. <laughs> and, you know, come uh, talk to us about you know whether you get your butthole waxed or not. I'd be interested to know. You know, if you are getting good for you, everyone should. Anyway, you're dating life now. So, I get a message on my personal Instagram from a random girl who listens somebody slid into your dms slid into my dms oh my god because she listens to the christmas podcast first of all 
Andrew was telling me how someone slid into his DMs recently, and now you're telling me someone slid into your DMs. Nobody has ever slid into mine. To be fair, Andrew and I are very public about how single we are, and you're very public about how taken you are. So. That's true, but like literally <laughs> never in my life has anyone slid into my this DMs. This was a and new experience for me. I'm sure it's old hat for Andrew. People are always sliding in Andrew's Oh, yeah. DMs. He's, I, I don't even want to know what goes on in his DMs. She's like very upfront. Like She's like, hey, the first episode you talked about this movie – I knew that I had seen it. I couldn't remember the name of it. And your episode like reminded me that I wanted to watch it this Christmas season. And I'm like, yeah, it's a great movie. And she's like, would you ever want to watch it together sometime? And I'm like, you mean like virtually? And she's like, yeah, like let's hop on a Skype call and, and watch it. You seem like you're someone I would enjoy talking to. She's shooting her shot. Okay. Yeah, I so like I'm it. like, yeah, let's go for it. Getting to know each other better. And we have a lot of like commonalities. She also like grew up in the church and then went to college and kind of had like a loss of faith and all of that whole fun stuff. Yeah. And then we find out that she only lives like an hour away. She lives in like Baltimore. I was like, do you want to meet up for lunch sometime? And she was like, are you free tomorrow? Cause like my kids are with their dad right now, but he only gets them on holidays. So like come Sunday, I'm back into mom mode. So we pick like a place that's like a midway point between the two of us. Meet what up. was it called? We just went to Panera. Like we went to a Panera in some random. I was town. about. I was about to say, did you go? You guys go to like Panera or something? Yeah. Oh my god. Maybe I'm psychic. Okay, <laughs> so we go to Panera, <laughs> and then we're like sitting and chatting in the Panera for like three hours, and eventually we're like, all right, we need to free up this. Uh, so we go to the Target next door, and we just walk around the Target and talk for a little bit, and then she's like, "Do you want to like sit down somewhere? Like we can sit in my car or your car." And I'm like, "Yeah, let's sit in my car real quick." So we sit in my car. Mm. We start talking and she's like, what are you up to tonight? And I was like, oh, I'm going to my friend's house to watch the final episode of Great British Baking Show. And she's like, oh, I love Great British Baking Show. And I was like, do you want to just come watch it with us? And she's like, sure. So she jumps in her car. She follows me back home to PA, watches Great British Baking Show with my friends. We pop on a movie as well. My friend's like, she's great. I love her. Like, <laughs> like she's, yeah. she's super chill, super cool. She comes back to my house. It's like one in the morning. And I'm like, look, are you staying here? I'm like, I have a guest room. You don't have to like stay in my room, but like it's one in the morning. And she's like, I don't know yet. I don't know how I feel. Like we start cuddling on the couch a little bit and she like has a full blown panic attack. And she's like, I've got to go. She leaves. She calls me the next day and she's like, I thought that I was ready to date somebody until I was like being held by somebody. And then it like Totally freaked me out. I think you're great. I still want to be friends. I was like, that's totally Did fine. Did she go through a breakup recently? Yeah. So she's talking to me throughout the the coming weeks, and we're having conversations through text messages. And she texts me during that live stream event. And she's like, hey, what are you doing when the live stream's over? And I was like, well, live stream's going until like one in the morning. Now, I won't be on camera after like 11. And she's like, if I came up to hang out, would you want to watch the like last part of the live stream together? And I was like, yeah, we watched the live stream together. A little bit of snuggling on the couch happens. This time there's no freak out. Things happened, but not like the thing happened. Wake up the next morning and she's like, we shouldn't have done that. Like, it's like almost like the oh. complete repeat of like the last time we hung out, we just need to be like platonic friends. Like, I think that that's like all I can handle right now. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. Like, I understand it's a bummer, but it is what it is. You're still really cool. She's the person that was going to be coming up for a date that I had to cancel on because of the COVID yeah. scare. She's like, we'll just we'll hang out some other time. Like, we'll figure it out. She's like, you should come down for dinner sometime. And I was like, all right. So we get through the new year. 
And I'm like, hey, I'm trying to figure out plans for dinner. And she was like, I'm, I'm thinking you maybe shouldn't come down for dinner. And I'm like, OK. And she's like, I actually think we need to go on some radio silence for a little bit while I like sort out my life and figure out like what I need. And I was like, oh. OK. <laughs> and that's that's where we are. it's been a, a week uh, as of today that I haven't really heard anything from her. And I'm just like, all right, cool. That's another fun experience of the dating life of Matt Kelly. I kind of get it to a point. Cause like I've been through a divorce, you know, yeah. like, and it is scary getting back in. And she went through a breakup not too long ago. Like it's intimidating. She was a little unfair in yeah. what she did to you though. She kind of dragged you through it. You know, she initiated the whole speaking thing. She asked to come up. She asked to go to the bedroom and you know, that's fine. More yeah. power to her for, for doing that. But I think to kind of flip it on you and be like, we need to go radio silent. It's like, that's not fair to you at that point. And like, I, I appreciate that she's communicating that to you, but like, I hope she realizes how kind of fucked up that was. I do respect her for at least communicating those things. I think she tried and maybe she shouldn't have tried. You have to figure that out for yourself, but she, she kind of played you a little bit. So my Aquarius brain is like, you're done. Yeah. You're done. What's helpful is like all of that's happening right as I'm getting back into therapy because like I think that that happening and me not dabbling back into therapy again, I would not be able to talk about it as like calm (laughs) and sane as normal. It would be like flashback to Matt Kelly of like early work days where everything was just like the end of the world. Why doesn't this person want to be with me? Oh, God, Brooke, please help me. Yeah, I need to contact my therapist. I haven't been in almost two months. Yeah, you get it into your head, or at least I did. And and this was my my lesson learned. And it's it's very comparable to like stuff my brother has said about his sobriety. At a certain point, he's seven years sober. He doesn't feel like he's ever going to drink, but he still goes to at least one meeting a week because he's like, I've seen way too many people get seven, eight, nine, ten years along and feel like, okay, cool. I don't need to go to the meetings anymore. And he goes nine times out of 10. That's when they relapse, like having yeah. that, that steadiness there. So for me, it was like, oh, I am able to handle my problems in a clear, mature way. I don't need the therapy sessions anymore. I have all the tools to survive. Right. And then like leave therapy three years ago, pandemic hits. And then like the pridefulness where you're just like, no, 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 no. I've got to prove to myself that I can handle this. And that- I, d- I never look at, at therapy as something anyone should ever be ashamed of. Like go to therapy. It's fantastic. I talked to my therapist right after I got engaged. So I was like riding high. I was like, I'm feeling good. Like I can take on the world right now. I can't take on the world. And, and I'm being reminded of that over the last few weeks. I'm like, oh shit, I need to call her up and be like, yo, yeah, Dr. Sims, help me out. I got problems still. Have you ever had, because this was like my last therapy session. I think I texted you, like had my breakthrough. Have you ever had like a breakthrough moment in therapy or has it always just been (laughs) just having someone to bounce those feelings with? So I don't know that I've had a breakthrough, but I've had a few moments of like realization Mm -hmm. because I was getting like really burned out and like upset with like some of my best friends and I wasn't having conversations with them about it because... I was like, I like they didn't do anything wrong per se, but I feel like I put so much effort into my best friends and I will like do anything for them. And I don't get that same energy back. And what I realized is like, I'm putting the pressure on myself. Yeah, they to didn't ask for that. <laughs> all this value. Yeah. They didn't ask for me to do that. So like, I can't be upset with them for me putting pressure on myself to deliver something 
And my therapist like helped me dig through it. And she's like, so when you do these things, when you go the extra mile and you're willing to do all these things, she's like, you're in your mind, you're proving your value and why they should be friends with you. She's like, do you ever just think they just want to be friends with you? Yeah. And that you don't need to do all these things. They just kind of like you for who you are. And I was like, no, that doesn't sound realistic to me. No. And, and, and <laughs> as you're saying what your therapist is saying, I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, and I'm like, that can't possibly be true. And she's like, but it, but it is true. I'm like, no. Yeah, no, no you're, you're making lying. things up. She's a liar. Yeah. You need to get a different therapist because she I, has I a, you have a liar. <laughs> So that was like a moment of realization, but I still have a lot of work to do as far as like advocating for myself. Um, as far as like learning how to communicate my feelings, I think, uh, it's the Aquarian and middle child in me that just like stuffs shit down and just like, we'll put on the brave face to keep everyone else like happy. Cause I don't want to like, I don't like to start shit. Like if I need to, I certainly fucking will. I, I need to go back and like, I don't handle stress very well. And yet at the same time, I don't know how to function without stress. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the breakthrough that that we had because I, I've kind of been trying to talk about it more publicly because I realized my fault in it. And it's that um, it's something it's not like I pulled out some like deep seated memory or anything like that. It was a memory that I always had, but I think it was the way that I treated that memory, which is that when I was in third grade, when I changed schools, they had me repeat third grade again, not because my grades were bad, but because I didn't have any friends at my old school. And they thought that it could be because I needed to hang out with a younger group of kids who would be more accepting of me. And I always joke around about it, but it's like, you know, my therapist was just like, have you ever really just sat with what that, ma- how that made you feel? Like, like you can't just mask things like that that are genuinely a traumatic thing for a kid to go through because it's the first time that someone in society has been like, you're too weird to be around normal kids. Like, have you ever just sat with that trauma and and faced it? And I was like, no, I've just made jokes about it my entire life. And he's yeah, like, it's, it's yeah. comedy. That's yeah. how we cope. It's fine to make those jokes, but it's more important that you face what that pain is first yeah. and not just immediately go to the comedy of it. No, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, I didn't move until my junior year of high school. And I mean, I'm wearing a Fall Out Boy hoodie now, so this is very uh, perfect. Yeah. Um, But like the kids, like in my own grade, you know, this was, I went to a very, I lived in a very diverse area. You know, I saw kids that looked like me, but I saw even more kids that did not look like me. And that's just how I grew up. And it was great. And I loved it. So many wonderful experiences. I think it really helped build who I am today. Like, thank God I'm not a racist piece of shit. Yeah. Just because I was able to grow up in such a diverse area. But moving, it was all white kids. They all looked like me. And I couldn't believe how cruel they were to me. And like, I literally, I had a fallout boy, uh, like crossbody bag that I carried like my binders and books in. And within my first week of being there, this boy, I had no idea who he was. I learned who he was after the fact. Um, but he came running up to me. He grabbed my my wrists and forced up my sleeves and was like, could have sworn you'd be a fucking cutter. Yeah. And like walked away. And I was just like, holy shit. And like I realized recently, like Andy's been calling me like emo kid all the time. And it really bothers me. And I had to like sit down and be like, why does that bother me so much? Yeah. It was because when I moved, I was like, persecuted by my peers for enjoying pop punk music high school kids don't change no matter what decade you're in 
They really don't. And that's why like all these stories, like our, I'm sure our parents have stories similar to this. You know what I mean? And it's across the, the nation. I can't, I don't want to speak for high schools in other countries, although I'm sure there are they can relate to. It's just kids don't change. The cruelty of kids has never changed. We've always been, you know, especially in our teenage years, very mean. Like we're all trying to figure out where we fit in. So if we can kind of like point out who's different, for some reason it makes us feel like we fit in better. Yeah. And it's horrible. And I really wish that we could break that cycle. It's going to take a long time. Um, I don't rely on Gen Z to do it. They are fucking buck wild and just as mean as anyone else, even though they want to pretend they aren't. (laughs) High school just sucks. And a lot of trauma happens there. I mean, school in general. Yeah, I was going to say high school, the one high school, the one thing high school has is that it's definitely not middle school, which is like the worst three years of your fucking life. I can't (laughs) think about middle school without just being like saddened by it. I had such a horrible time. Everyone did. People were so mean to me. And I know, and, if you had a good time in middle school, you were the reason why everyone else had you a were good the asshole. Time. Like, if but, you like middle school, you are the dick, you are the douche lord, you are the, the bitch. Like, I'm sorry. When did you change schools, though? Again, remind me. Like a week after the end of my sophomore year. So that summer. So, so yeah. So, sophomore and junior year. So junior year in a lot of ways was almost like another freshman year for you. Yeah. You're, it yeah. was completely starting over. Yeah. That I didn't know sucks. anyone. It sucks. because like, I was losing my friends that like I grew up with, you know, they were all having like junior, senior year and going off to college together. And I was just like stuck with these people. I had no idea who they were. They didn't give a fuck about me because I was coming into their lives so late. And I knew like, Hey, in two years, I have to start over again in college. Yeah. And I want to highlight one other thing though, is that like, with the story of me having to repeat third grade a second time, the other thing that I've had to really wrestle with with that is that, like, I like the life that I have right now. And I can see that if that didn't happen, I might not have the same life that I have or the same friends that I had. Because the people that I'm friends with now from high school and whatnot aren't, I would have never met them if I didn't repeat that grade. And, like, those friends directly led to, like, what colleges I decided to go to and like who I associated with in college. And those college friends like are connected to like what led me to like the career paths that I went on. So it's like, it's, it's a weird butterfly effect. It's a weird butterfly effect. And it's, it's coming to terms with the idea that like you can have something that was really traumatic and awful and still really good things came because of it. Yeah. But like you want a path where, where good things yeah. happen. Sometimes you have to go through some shit to get the good stuff. Look I at you. Speak to that. You I went know. through a fucking pretty traumatic experience, but you're a, a very well put together person with a great fiance and are one of the most loyal friends I've ever had in my entire life. So you know, thank you. I try. I try to be loyal. <laughs> Speaking of loyal, I have been a fucking Washington. Yeah, let's talk about Washington for a second. (laughs) My whole fucking life. I'm third generation. I have, it was in my blood. I have no choice. My issue with the team, I have many, but my biggest issue, aside from the owner, Dan Snyder, who I think is the world's biggest piece of shit, is that so we're, we're supposed to be getting a new team name because the Redskins was racist. I'm glad they finally changed that. As much as I love. Native American culture and like completely respect them as, as a, as a people. It's just not good. Uh, so long overdue, but anyway, two years later after changing the name, we're finally getting the actual name and the leak is, and I, this drives me nuts on many fucking levels, uh, is that it will be the commanders, the Washington commanders. Let's break this down a little. Um, <laughs> 
One, we were the Redskins. Racist name, but kind of bringing, elevating Native Americans in sports a little bit. I agree they shouldn't be a mascot, but uh, maybe a little bit of tribute there for them. We had, uh, our logo was designed by a Native American. Like, there were a few, very few instances where we tried to not be pieces of shit. Anyway, we're going from that to the commanders. So white, white military wiped out the Native Americans. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. We're going to be like, oh, we're not going to be Native American anymore. We're just going to honor all the people that fucking wiped you guys out. And then all the pain and, and, you know, all this shit that the military has caused through the years. Like, I get honor our military. They make a one wonderful, I don't know if it's a wonderful, but very selfless sacrifice, yeah. right? It's it's okay. almost like you named yourselves like the measles blankets. Right. I'm just like, why why would we why would we do this? I have a problem with that. I don't really think the military needs to be bolstered any more than it already is. If I'm being honest with you, this country bleeds for its fucking military. That's a problem in its own right. How much money we spend on the military is fucking insane. Do we really need a team called the fucking commanders? I don't know. I digress. That point could be argued. I'll give you that. But like, whatever. There's no animals. There's no like animal option. Well, here's the other problem is they were like, Dan fucking Snyder cut. I would fist fight that dude naked in a parking lot with nothing but rocks in my bare hands if I could. <laughs> and I would destroy him. He was like, uh, well, we really want the fans to be involved in this renaming and rebranding experience. We really want to hear what you guys have to say. Like, what do you want the team to be named? Almost unanimously, fans were like Red Wolves. We can keep the R and keep the red in there. Like HTTR, hail to the to the Redskins was our slogan. So we yeah. can be hail to the Red Wolves. We don't have that much of a change. There's no wolf or canine team in the NFL. Like this could just be bad ass. And at the same time, you can bring awareness to the Red Wolf con- conservation because they're dying out. Yeah. It's like this could be a win all around. They were like, go fuck yourself. We're not doing Red Wolves because we can't pay for... The copyright. Dan Snyder's a fucking billionaire. Yeah. This team brings in billions of dollars every year despite being dog shit since a year after I was born. You, <laughs> you're telling me you can't pay off like a high school in Arizona to get the name Red Wolves? <laughs> I'm not buying it. So he goes with the fucking commanders. That's the leak at least. We'll see. I think they announced it on February 2nd. They have to taint my birthday month with this bullshit. Yeah, how dare they? We're operating under the assumption that it's commanders. They show this this thing is leaked where like we have a black jersey now, a black jersey option, which is super cool, except the name is Commanders. I don't know if you ever watched The Handmaid's Tale. I don't know if you're a woman who's sensitive to that Gilead male run patriarchy theological shit. Um, but in Handmaid's Tale, in Gilead, the men at the top are referred to as commanders and they wear all black. So I'm kind of triggered. I'm like, what the fuck are you trying to say, Dan Snyder? What the fuck are you doing? And it's funny because in The Handmaid's Tale, it starts in D.C. The whole uprising starts in D.C. where they kill everyone in Congress. So I'm like, this is just not a good look on so many levels. If this is the name, like your marketing team should be fucking fired. Dan Snyder should be ejected from the NFL. Like just horrible. I'm sorry to rant about sports, but man, that has had me triggered for a little while now. And, and it's just so, the commanders in the black, it's just so fitting for that, Chode, because he hates women. He has treated, completely exploited the cheerleaders, shits on women, like developed this misogynistic, very sexist, uh, like corporate office. So it's just like, 
it's too on the nose, Dan. I see right through you. You Gilead fuck. Ugh. Sorry. Just really triggers me. Super triggered. Maybe oh. I, you know what? I do need to go back to therapy. I've got, I've got some anger going on. <laughs> Well done. I think we've knocked out a beautiful episode full, filled was, with many, you know many layers. Yeah. R.I.P. Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Who knows when or if he'll ever be resurrected and come back. Um, we can really only hope. So until next time, guys, <laughs> stay mad. <laughs>